Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 257 on Tuesday, the 21st of May 2019. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week we'll be talking about how JLR's results were actually to be expected, everyone. We'll also discuss France's apparent fixation with speed. And we mm-hmm. finally have one heck of a whopper for you at the end of the show. But first... Uh- some follow-up. Oh, that's up. good. That's good, actually. I'm sorry. Just... Thank you. <laughs> I like that one. I do like that one. I never look before I pra- – well, practically never look before the show. And normally I cringe and think I really should just edit those for him. But no, that, I, that one I like. Okay. Thank you. Right, follow-up. Mr. Carlos Ghosn in Japan still, in Tokyo. But don't forget, he is out on bail at the moment. For a given value of out. <laughs> yes. He's not in jail. I think is the only out he is. That's about as free as it gets, yeah. The prosecutors in Tokyo have asked to tweak the content of their indictment for the, this is the aggravated breach of trust. Apparently, whatever. Mm, anyway. I think it's to do with alleged squirreling money away via Oman in the Middle East. Yes. That, that particular aggregated, aggravated breach of trust. Yeah, well, they're now saying that there's some more details about the, and I'm quoting here from the Automotive News Europe article, alleged cash transfers involving the former Nissan boss and a Saudi friend. So they've they've put some more details into that. Going still is stating he is innocent, continuing with the narrative of being backstabbed and its ex-colleagues just being vindictive. Mm-hmm. Again, as ever, let's wait till this gets to court, if it ever gets to court. At some point in the next few years. Yes, but we have some not good news, Alan. The problem I have with this is that as soon as I publish, or you published, sorry, last week because I wasn't here, but you published the uh, episode, Yeah, these people came out and refuted something you'd said, which I thought was, well, it shows the power of our podcast that they waited until they heard. Especially as I was a day early. Yes. When I was, which was, you know, it would have been a story and then a non-story if we'd been on the normal, the normal thing. But PSA Group, there was a small break in the number of French public holidays last week, and so they made an announcement. Uh, <laughs> they... It's only because I was in Paris. So, yes, they made an announcement. We talked about the Peugeot... Th- well, we I talked about the Peugeot 308 last week and how there was a rumoured possibility that it might well be made in Rüsselheim, in Germany, and or in Ellesmere Port here in the UK. Well, PSA have come out and said, no, neither of those. It's probably going to be one of the existing places, which is Sochaux in France and somewhere in Poland that I've now lost. Yeah, somewhere unpronounceable in Poland, uh, which is where the Astra is 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 mostly built, unless it's built at Ellesmere Port. Handelsblatt have basically, they, they blatted the Handelsblatt uh, story, which had, which had opened up the rumour in the first place. So yep. there we go. Right, moving on to other UK-based manufacturers, though, Jaguar Land Rover, has and let's get into the spirit of the hysterical headlines that happened over this story when it first came out. Pre-tax annual losses of three point six billion pounds. Ah, run around, but, everything's but awful. Hang on a minute, excitable person writing a headline. Did we not already know about this as the massive write-down had already been announced? What you mean three point three billion of it? had already been announced at the last quarter's financial results. That's the one, yes. Oh, yeah. I wish I'd remembered that. Yeah. Never mind. Because, in fact, the fourth quarter was pretty good for JLR because they made a yeah. 200 
And well, let me try and find it here. 269 million pre-tax profit, mm-hmm. which goes to show that the cost savings efforts they had they had started following that that write down they'd had to do and the restructuring program that things are beginning to turn around from that point of view. And that's still with China being slow, and that's still with the UK and uncertainties over mm-hmm. many many things. <laughs> I think we're uncertain about our uncertainties now. And yes, uncertain. we are. We are. <laughs> so I've got to say, I think it's a cracking last quarter for JLR, considering every all the pressures they are under, mm-hmm. and the things that were written at the time about the um, when people stopped and reflected a bit more about JLR's problems and how some decisions that have been made. It was generally the consensus was of the opinion writers that some of the decisions that were made at management level have have come back to bite them a little bit and they're now a little bit behind the wheel on catching up yeah. to get to a point where they've got the the right range of vehicles in the right setups for people to go out and get and, and want to mm-hmm. buy. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, I was asked uh, recently, well, there were the mutterings of a PSA takeover or joint merge, merger or something a few weeks ago, mm. which seemed to have been squashed pretty pretty comprehensively. P- PSA have been squashing a lot of rumours lately. But Tata yesterday came out and said, nope, not for sale. No, and and I actually got asked by by someone who works with JLR what rumours I'd heard the other week. <laughs> and I was like, only the same as you, mate. And let's face it, the French are on holiday in the month of May. There is no way that an announcement this big could happen in May because everyone will be on holiday. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's like it would never be announced in the middle of August either. Similar reasons. Once you've looked a little bit past the initial arm waving, you thought that it's just it's just highly unlikely. Yeah, uh, more yeah. than anything else. Not it's wrong, but it's highly unlikely given the timing wise. Yeah, the timings and stuff. Yeah. And just 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 watching what you know. Really, good luck to JLR. Hopefully, that continues on the uh, on the upwards. Mm-hmm. But it, actually, the other thing I meant to say about that art, uh, article is it goes to show that they made the right business decision to take that hit when they took it rather than try and put it off and maybe move numbers around spreadsheets and stuff <sighs> like that. They just said, let's take this pain now because it's yeah. there. And it also cleared it before the end of the financial year. Yeah. So it was before the financial year numbers. So they kind of had to do it then or they had to wait. And if you'd waited until the end of the year, uh, and those numbers came out, then investors and shareholders and people would have been a mighty peeved yeah. uh, if that were the case. So it was the only way to do it yes. um, from a, a sort of ethical business point of view, really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, you were about to move on to actually an interesting uh, bit of news, I think. I'm really interested in this one. Yeah, it's a bit left field, really, isn't it? Mm. And it is that Hyundai and Kia are investing the equivalent of about $90 million in a Croatian electric supercar, an electric technology company, mm. uh, Rimac. And, and I say electric technology company because they have been very clear all along that the, the supercars that they that they build in very, very low numbers have always been as a showcase yeah. for the for the technology behind behind them and and that the aim was not to make money selling supercars the aim was to make money licensing and selling ev technology now if only another company we may have heard of had f- decided to go down that route mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so there's there's lots of muttering then that the that there could well be a a Hyundai 
I-30N, as in I-30N, and potential I-20N. N sort of branded mid-engined sports vehicle is is going to be on the way. I mean, it really is the about the only niche I think they they haven't covered. And I think it's a highly aspirational one for for a brand that's evolved in the way that Hyundai has. Yeah, and I and I also think as well showing EVs or electrification around more enthusiastic driving is a is a wonderful showcase as well. Yeah, so you'd like the Model 3s uh, against uh, against BMW M3s on the Nürburgring and stuff, yeah? Um, no. But that's uh, showing spirited electric vehicles. No, the Model 3 driving enthusiastically is fine, but you, you don't need a petrol vehicle next to it because <laughs> oh, that's... That was even better than I expected. A smidgen cliched now. <laughs> it's incredibly cliched. Yes. Shall I move on from that? <laughs> I almost mentioned the T word, which we don't talk about. And anyway, you mentioned the M brand. I'm waiting for an i800N. That's what I am. i800N. Yes. It'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's handled like it's a brick or something. Yes. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just so ridiculous. I've completely lost lost any something anything there. The other thing I'm talking about is not just electric. By the way, it's also fuel cell. Hyundai being one of the leading fuel cell developing brands. But we'll have more about that for you in a few weeks' time. Yes, that wasn't meant as a trailer. It just happened that way. All right. Yes. You don't think we're that slick and organised? <laughs> People know us well enough, Alan. Don't worry. I I think so. I, I uh, yes, yes, I think so. As slick as sandpaper, us <laughs> keeping connected to electrics for batteries. It's news the government has increased their investment in the uh, UK battery industrialisation centre near Coventry. They're going to add another twenty eight million, or they say they're going to add another twenty eight million, on top of the eighty million that's already been allocated for this. I haven't had a chance to dig into the figures, so I don't know whether this is one of those statements that here's some more money, but actually we're repeating a press release that we gave out 18 months ago to make it look like we're... But this this one looks like it's additional. This this looks like it's new, separate money. So Mm -hmm. if that's the case, that's great. Well, Right. Hang on a minute. Let me clear this up. So business... Quoting uh, James Atwood in Autocar, Business Secretary Cl- try again now. Business Secretary Greg Clark it was announced by Business Secretary Greg Clark and follows the UK government's initial eighty million pound investment in the facility. So, so it is additional. Sorry, but I mean whether this is a new set of funding or whether they'd already said there's this additional money coming anyway. That's what I'm... Because they've done that. They've done that a lot recently. Anyway, what's important is there is investment of some form yes. coming into a, a UK battery. It's an innovation centre that is trying to uh, make sure that the UK is at the forefront of uh, battery and elect- uh, electrification for vehicles. Um, so it's it's a it's a testing facility and it's also there to train staff in battery production there's an article that's not mega newsy but it's actually quite interesting because it's about a brand who we've got our fingers crossed does sort of shine again yeah it's lotus now the operative word in all of this before people go off the deep end is the word could yes Okay, and it's it's like it's the second one in this article in this autocar article by Jim Holder, which says Lotus could 
build GT sports saloons, crossovers or SUVs in the future, according to new boss Phil Popham. So yeah, Lotus are looking to branch out a bit. They're looking at the possibility of branching out a bit. But first of all, what they're going to try and do is just focus on sports cars because that's what we all know Lotus for. Yep. They're talking about an electric hypercar, codenamed Type 130. I wonder if it'll actually be called Esprit, possibly. Uh, as well as a, a, another new, more affordable sports car before sort of basically redoing the entire range. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. But what they're saying is in future, you know, after that, well, then... We've got to re-establish sportiness in something other than an Elisa or an Elise derivative. Uh, but after that, then, th- at some point, they will be expected to make money uh, by Geely. <laughs> you mean there isn't going to be a Elise replacement on every single drive yes. in the UK? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be a much happier place if there was, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, so they're saying, well, after that, you know, we might have to look at the ideas of SUVs or hatchbacks or saloon cars or something. Just like everyone else. Virtually every other sports car manufacturer has done. So it's it's the realities of the industry today. Unless unless you are so micro small that you can get by by selling, you know, twenty cars a year. Or catering. You have you have to look at doing this sort of thing i i'm i'm sure yeah, it's like platform sharing i can't believe i've heard haven't heard a single word about platform sharing in the last week due to the the new car launches nobody's mentioned platform sharing at all no, no. it's been pretty very quiet, quiet. there's been some new cars launched i haven't heard anything uh some i must have some sort it. of bmw i think oh they've got a new suv out of no 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 new coupe, mm, ah, mm-hmm, coupe. Mm-hmm. i wish people would have said yes quite Oh, I saw an X7 the other day on the road. Sorry, completely oh, irrelevant. Uh, how's the therapy going? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What, once... Did you see it from the back? Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a bit... I, I think, Things now, in I the think... mirror may look bigger than they actually are. Well, first are. of all, I thought it was an X5, and then I realised it was three miles away. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. Goodness. Goodness. It's... Uh... It's so good, the grill follows you around the room. <laughs> and, you know what? In all fairness, in all fairness... It looks better in real life. Either that or I was just so shocked. It's like, oh, yeah, it's okay. taking up all of the road. Anyway, <laughs> right, st- moving on. Quite. Moving on briefly. This is an article, right? Now, we talk about, we have talked about mobility and stuff like that. And it, we've, you've all come along the journey with me learning what mobility is or could be, thanks to Alan helping me out there. Finally, after what? Two and a half, nearly three years, you managed to get it into a definition. Definition, no, but when you've finally got a definition that I could grasp and understand. Yes. But one of the key things about this is that Alan explained was having this one place to go to find to to do a journey, Mm -hmm. and you go to just one place and go. I want to go from here to here. What are my options? What are the costs? What are the environmental costs? all these sort of the time, all these sort of things and have an informed choice and then say, actually, this is the most suitable for me on this yeah. trip. Well, in in the UK, Go Ahead Group are going to launch a uh, mobility as a service or mass app in September. And they're initially going to start with public transport. So that's going to be the, the, the bus and the rail yeah. because that's the easiest one to, the easiest two to, to hit straight off the, off the bat but they are looking to and that because that's phase one but they are also looking to add to that and do things like uh, car sharing schemes 
and there's this other one which I wasn't quite sure what this means, but executive car offering. Ah, that's Uber. Is it? No, it's not Uber necessarily, but it's that kind of thing. It's oh, it's it's, it's right, okay. It's 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 a Mercedes. Right, uh, okay, it's a Mercedes E Class. It's sort of chauffeured driven type. Yeah. Well, or, or it's or it's, it's or it's airport transfers. How's about thinking of it that way? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so that would be interesting because I and I would presume they will get to a point where they'll show what it's like with bikes, or if we ever are in a position that we have uh, mobility scooters. <laughs> mobility from mo- scooters. That's not what not, you mean. not those mobility scooters. Because <laughs> this, this is where things will have to change you in mean this like country. Is it not- birds and bolts and all sorts of other yeah, four-letter, the- one-syllable names. Yes, yeah. I saw an adult on the main street of our town on a scooter pushing himself along. And I thought, you've done well to get that far without someone actually walking into the road and punching you off that. Have you? Uh, well, they happen to a lot up. in London. You see lots of people. Well, we are, you know we are not you London. You are not London. No, no, no. <laughs> That's true. We are a smidgen more provincial than I actually, that in all our views. <laughs> actually, even here, I, I have actually seen that here. Because lots of people don't drive to and from work. It's lots of bikes and lots of stuff. And mm-hmm. and, and you do see little middle, middle-aged ladies zipping along on a scooter and running over people on pavements. It's great. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. I just thought we'd have a quick mention of that because that's interesting. That hope Because TFL, I think, are looking at doing something like this, weren't they? We mentioned yeah. that. Uh, so this will be interesting to see how this evolves and what other things go into it. And if... If that helps these micro mobility type mm-hmm. services get off the ground, if people can say, "Oh, actually, it's quicker for me to jump on this go bike or whatever they are rather than catch the the bus mm-hmm. for these seven stops," then I might do that. And it's but it's giving the whole key to this is in allowing people to make an informed choice, and they can't do that at the minute easily. I've been having a nightmare actually because I'm trying to plan a trip in a fortnight's time which takes me to Switzerland, funnily enough. I need to go to Switzerland, but I also need to get back again the same night to then go to the South Coast. And it's it's quite a nightmare. I think I'm going to have to rent a car in Italy. That's And that's quite serious, by the way. That means... That's a long drive. That means I'm I'm stumped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, very funny. Because I'm, I'm completely stumped with public transport. I've tried all sorts of stuff, and I just can't get public transport that I feel is reliable enough that will work for me. So I mm-hmm. ended up with a very late flight and renting a car, working on the basis that if I'm super early, then I can get an earlier flight. But, but yeah, it's one of those times when I really wanted the Magic Mobility app. Right, yeah. see, I need to be here by this time, here by this time, here by this time, and actually need to sleep at some point in between. Right, so that, that article's from Company Car today. Yeah. And uh, links, as with everything else that we talk about, is are in the show notes. Please do click through. Mm-hmm. Right, we are now going to pass over to our French correspondent, as we have a couple of uh, couple of items yeah, uh, from That There France. That There France. And it's, uh, they're both from uh, the English-language French newspaper the connection, uh, which is particularly useful if you are visiting France or you or, or whatever, you have reason to spend time in France, and it is quite a useful. It's a useful Twitter account, as much as anything else. And the first one, it, it wins. It wins my award for headline of the week because the headline is <laughs> "Game of Drones." Yeah, mm. that, which is uh, it's topical. 
It's relevant, and it's all about the French, the French police uh, around Paris. And it's not the, the, the gendarmerie, it's the CRS Autoroute. And they've been using drones to monitor driver, specifically motorcyclist behavior, on a stretch of the A126 in Ile-de-France, so just up around about Paris. The reason for this is there's been a number of there's been a number of motorcycle accidents on that particular stretch, uh, and they wanted to see what the cause was and to try and stamp down on the cause uh, essentially, and that's what they did. I mean, they had some some journalists there, and uh, essentially, they, they they spotted a motorcyclist repeatedly crossing a solid white line, uh, and so they pulled said motorcyclist. You know, colleagues on the ground pulled said motorcyclist, and the rider was fined ninety euros and lost three of the points from their license. Uh, the thing is, they did sixty four bikers in two hours. Pretty much paying for the exercise, I would imagine. Yes. It seems incredibly efficient. As I say, they're doing it there specifically because it was somewhere that had been an accident black spot and they, they wanted to work out why. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that seems like a justified deployment of technology. Minimal number of people there. Yeah. Um. I... Yeah, but as, as ever with the technology, I always question, would more visible police do more good in the long run? I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or it, will it be a case of people fearful that they might be spied at any time? Uh, French police French police are not very good at being visible. But they don't. For example, they they, you're not actually allowed to tag in uh, sat-navs if there is a speed camera. There is a, there is a sort of danger zone or a warning zone. Uh, which is like three miles long around a, a speed camera. Uh, similarly, oh. similarly, the uh, speed traps. You know, you don't need the great big orange signy thing uh, on the back that we have here to, to actually warn motorists. No, 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 no. It, it just happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Which is an interesting thing about speed limits, which brings us on to the second. Vive la France story. And that is that there is there is significant mutterings that the new speed limit, the new rural speed limit that came into France, came into force in France in July last year, where everything that was 90 kilometers an hour was dropped to 80 kilometers an hour, which doesn't sound like much, but it is enough to, it's pretty soporific effect, to be perfectly honest. Then they're saying that, that well, it, it's quite likely that those are going to return. These have been a major a major source of complaint. It was one of those things that that was just rolled out from Paris without any kind of any kind of consultation or discussion, and uh, as a result, it is not a wonderfully popular thing to have happened. And it, it it's driving people crazy, to be honest. It's one of the. It was one of the when there were the original gilets jaunes, as opposed to the sort of weekend rioter club, uh, which it's become. <laughs> Then, then it was one of their key demands was was reinstating the ninety kilometers an hour speed limit because it it's very difficult. It's actually, in my opinion, it's actually become far more dangerous driving on rural roads in France because uh, you've got the nutters that you've always had, and you've got the people who stick to the speed limit, and then you've also got the people who go and get ninety anyway because sod it. So what you actually end up with is even more of a mix on the road, and and the nutters are even more enraged than the nutters were beforehand, and it's quite the most spectacularly dangerous overtaking manoeuvres have been happening. I've seen more dangerous overtaking manoeuvres 
in the last year than I had in the last seven or eight years on exactly the same roads at the same time of year and stuff. Yeah, it just seemed like it was such an arbitrary figure. Mm. Uh, and it was, we'll, we'll put out this arbitrary figure nationwide and everything will be better just yeah. because fewer, fewer people it will made logical sense in whatever meeting this was decided in. Well, if we go slower, then you'll have less accidents. Okay, that's good. Let's make everywhere slower. You mean what they did was they sat down and a lot of people who had no idea of the reality formulated a theory, which they then deployed without testing because they were so certain of their own correctness. Yes. That does not sound French at all. Oh, well, let's be fair. doesn't sound like it's very uh, political British either. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think they have the monopoly on that no, sort of um, action. Uh, historically, they have a far. <laughs> they have a far yes. longer track record of those particular we, motions than, than we are. Than we are mere babes in arms at yes. attempting this at the they moment. Are but... Truly, the masters. So, so yes. So that's what's um, that's what's been happening now. I want it back up to ninety, by the way, because it's ruddy boring, and it adds time to my journeys. It's purely selfish. And I have not yet died in France, so there we go. Well, it'd be interesting to see accident figures now mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that's somewhere around It's the somewhere around Guilt Minute, you mean? Given a three-mile radius with a warning, because we can't be too specific. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not after the extra that you're about to have to cut out this evening, anyway. But yes, it's Guilt Minute, that point in the show. Where we remind you to think about and consider what the motoring podcast is worth to you. If you feel we're worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash uh, every month, then please do head to our Patreon page at motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange Become a Patron button uh, right there on that front page. If you're already a patron, then thank you so very much, and you could be enjoying, as some are, watching along as we record this live. It's, It's like listening to it once it's been edited, but not nearly as slick. Not tonight. tonight. (laughs) We understand, of course, not everyone has the ability to donate some cash, uh, and that's just fine. So please don't forget to like, rate, and uh, leave feedback via the podcast playing platform of your choice. It really does matter. If you've done all that, you are absolutely wonderful. How's about telling a friend? Word of mouth is a great way to spread stuff. If for some reason you don't actually subscribe to the show, how's about doing so for free? Uh, making sure that we come to you without the anxiety and worry that you might miss out on the very next show. If you're not sure how to subscribe to the podcast, then do hit us up on the on the social media links that we'll remind you about at the end of the show. And one of us or someone else, one of our listeners, will normally help out. Yes. Do, yeah. do we have time for a small... Before we move on, and I remind you all about Formula E in Berlin, uh, do we have a quick moment to catch up on some live listener feedback? Yes, please, let's do Live that. listener feedback. We mentioned the... We mentioned uh, definitely not mobility, mobility scooters a moment ago. I've been asked if uh, if the weekend can't have nice things, morons who sort of chuck the, that sort of thing up a tree or into rivers and things, is, is peculiarly British. And the answer is no, by the way. Terrible problems with that kind of thing happening in the US. And it might well knock some of the scooter companies out of business because they didn't account for the amount of losses that they've been suffering. The only place I've ever seen where the scooters and, and all these things are all neatly laid out and beautifully ready and, and left super tidily is, is Switzerland, specifically Zurich, which is the most German of German-speaking Switzerland. Yeah, I, I don't. it's not specific to the UK. I mean, I saw some in, in Paris last week, which had just been kind of hurled by the looks of it, or at least been left neatly and someone had kicked them over. So no, not a British thing. 
Formula E coming up this weekend. It's in Berlin. There we go. Is it a double header? I think it's yeah. Was Berlin one of the double headers. Oh, it might well be because it's not in the middle. Because I loved the year it was in Alexanderplatz, and you got the fantastic, uh, you know, the TV tower and the, the the TV tower and all that super former East Berlin architecture and the sort of wide boulevards and stuff. Absolutely genius. But uh, but no, it's out at Tegel again, isn't it? Is it Tegel? I always get my Ber- I always get my Berlin. Um, uh, I always get my my Berlin uh, airports mixed up. Uh, it is uh, Tempelhof Airport. Tempelhof. You see, they begin with T. I mean, if Berlin would hurry up and actually open the airport that they've had ready for the past six years, but but that but that doesn't have a single working fire alarm in it, then that would make life so much easier for all travellers going to going to Berlin. Yes, Tempelhof, which is where the um, the the sort of airdrop and airlift was was from. Um, uh, uh, whenever, and I think it's I think it's a just a single race. <laughs> is it okay? You've got that yep. more quickly than I have because I've been trying to speak at the same time. Yes. Yes. I didn't have to multitask. No. Right. We've got some sad news. Uh, you're probably aware, but the motorsport legend is not actually uh, a disservice to mention this. It's probably underselling it. But Nicky Lauda has unfortunately died at the age of 70. There is no way that we could possibly do his life and motorsport career any justice so we have got a link in the show notes to one article there is there are many out there that have been written today and there is just this universal outpouring of love for him and uh, sympathy for his family so uh, we will just direct you to a link in the show note to read if you don't know that much about uh, Nicky Lauda there was one thing that I hadn't realized it didn't really i kind of heard of it but i didn't really know about it which was mentioned by richard porter uh of sniff petrol fame earlier on and that was and rich was pointing out how principled he was not just anything to do with motorsport just generally uh, and that is if you look up the uh louder air crash so it's the if um it's louder air flight 004 if you look up there and you look up out uh, his how determined he was that the correct outcome was reached from the investigation uh, with Boeing. Do have a read of it. There's an excellent article on Wikipedia. I know it's on Wikipedia. You can take it, throw a pinch of salt over your shoulder, whatever. But it's really interesting. Uh, I was reading that just just before the show. And I should probably be reading some of the articles, but I got distracted because that's what happens to me. But yeah, do look that up (laughs) as well. But yes, motorsport has has lost someone who has been a legend for many, many, many years. Uh, talking of legends, though, and motorsport, I, I think we've we don't have a lunchtime read, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lunchtime gorp. We do, we do, and I put forward a number of possible lunchtime reads, and actually, Andrew trumped them all with this one. It's a virtual tour of Gordon Murray's online museum. Now, Gordon Murray has launched a, a new book, which is called One Formula. It's absolutely massive, two-volume, 900-page, multi-hundred-pound tome. (laughs) So it's not something that you're going to be able to, you know, pick up in a discount bin, sadly, which runs through his his works. And this is an accompanying but free virtual exhibition of it. It's quite cool. I had a good 
click around at, at lunchtime and you sort of zoom in on, on things and you, you can, you know, read the stuff and see the, the films that are running on the, on TV screens and click around the cars and open the doors and all sorts of stuff. And there, there's all, there's everything right from the very start of his career, you know, right up and, and past and of course to the Ox. Alks and TVR Griffith and the Ice Stream uh, type stuff, including of course McLaren F1, because it's just the most wonderful car ever. Well worth a, a lunchtime of, of clicking and exploring. Many lunchtimes. Yeah, there is so much. It is. It is. There's so much info. It's amazing how much info that you we get access to. There are, uh, as Alan's pointed out, there, there are sections that you can click on buttons that will pop up dialogue boxes to give us even more information on things. So it's not just a case of looking around a virtual car or design it's it's much more than that it's it's just brilliant mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant lcc rocket as well there you go car can go as quick as fast in reverse as it can do forward and actually hold does it i wonder if it still holds still holds the record for the fastest production vehicle traveling in reverse it did at one point andrew's <laughs> you guys can't see is andrew just shrugging at me as if to say really who cares? Who knew? <laughs> but yes, no, I knew, but I don't know if it has been surpassed. <laughs> no, it, it was it was uh, rhetorical. Right, list of the week, and this time it's from Autocar. Now, before I start, I've had trouble with this one as it's an Autocar slideshow, but Alan hasn't, so your mileage may vary. If you do have trouble, don't forget the little trick we found, which is to click on the picture, and then you can move through all the various mm -hmm. the various twenty slides on the 20 different ways to start your car, which is so, such a silly thing. I, 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 I initially thought, this is, this is so silly, I'll include it. I thought, what the heck has he included this for? And then went through it and went, actually, this is quite interesting. Basically, it goes back to the beginning where there was hand-cranking some of the older vehicles that were out there and things like that. And then it moves on to keys and buttons and electronic starters and all this sort of stuff to... Oh, well, you wave your wrist towards the car, and I think if you roll up one trouser leg and sacrifice a goat to the moon at the right quarter of Venus, then you can get your car to start as well. And then there's obviously things like speaking over the internet to your car, and, and uh, yes, how happy I am with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so there is a, it's a, a really mind-boggling array of ways you can do this it's the one for me every time because i'm a child is it is pressing a big button that says start yes yes i do quite like that that makes me very happy every and it doesn't get old never gets old especially if it's somewhere away from the steering wheel somehow it's cooler when it's somewhere away from the steering wheel. ah i do have to say on a steering wheel is quite cool on a steering wheel is quite cool i'll give you that yes yes i'll give you that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on or away from, but not anywhere where you think, yes. well, you could just use the key for this. Yeah, not where it's hidden behind. It's, it's got to be visible. Do you want to know the worst one for me? Go on then. The Renault key, the Renault Laguna that's mis mentioned in there, where you've got to have a slot and you've got to put a key in a slot and then you've got to press a button because that's completely and utterly pointless. Well, I, maybe we will get to see that dum, dum, dum. this week, depending on if a, if a certain person attending... Hmm is brave enough to make the journey. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> yes. And then you get a chance to see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this is true. I have sat in that car. Oh, well done. This is brushed with fame. It is. Well, my, my jeans were. Your, your jeans were brushed with fame. 
Uh, I don't even want to think about that. And finally then, Alan. Come on. That brings us to the and finally. And this one, this again is one of these things to be appalled at. Yes. Which is just terrible. But it's uh, it's an article on Jalopnik. about Burger King has figured out how to monetize traffic jams. So it turns out that the traffic in Mexico City is so bad that what they're actually going to do, it, it is now possible to order from a local Burger King whilst you are stuck in a traffic jam. When the traffic is slow enough, then it will be able to, the delivery scooter driver, whatever, will be able to deliver it straight to your car. When the traffic is slow enough, when you're within certain areas, then, and linked to some electronic billboards, then you will be updated as to the status of your order, and someone will actually deliver it to you. Which is, I don't know, it's it's so many just levels of terribleness in there. Yeah. So what are you doing? Well, what do you do when you're stuck in your car in a traffic jam? Well, what happens is you order, you order some 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 fast food from from Burger King. Then what happens is some people on possibly two stroke powered scooters will come and add to the congestion and the pollution to bring you said fast food. I mean, the article is fantastically scathing. Uh, it's by it's by Kristen Lee. Have a read, because it's both appalling and quite funny and quite shocking all at the same time. It's a very worthy, and finally, as far as I was concerned. Yep, excellent one. Yes. Parish notes this week. Uh, so, there was my Hyundai Kona EV review came out on Friday. If you've not listened to that, then, then do, please, because... I think it's an interesting one, not just for the Kona EV, but for some of the other stuff we discuss as well about EV ownership and running, because I was really quite adamant about trying to trying to be realistic in my use of it, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to, to going and doing uh, something... Going and doing insane like we did last yes, time. Yes, I, I think I was going to road trippy, and then I think insane covers it better, uh, like we did the last time we 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 had an EV. Uh, so this is very much normal, standard. Okay, how could I use this to fit into my life, and how would it, and and how will it work? Yep. Spoiler alert: it was great. So so do have a do have a listen to that. What else? Anything coming up this week, Andrew? No. No, nothing on Friday. No rear views for a couple of weeks yet either. Calendars, mainly mine, mm. have not worked. Uh, so I have not been able to find suitable times with the many guests now that have agreed to come on. Yes. There is plenty in the pipeline, everyone, and I do apologize for this. This will only be a brief hiccup. It's not going to be like last summer where it went on and on no. and on. Uh, but... Uh, but- Look out, we'll probably be insta-tweeting and stuff on Thursday, because Thursday is the annual yep. Society of Motor Manufacturer and Traders drive test day thing at Millbrook. Uh, so you'll be, your, your, your social media streams will be filled by many, many journalists um, sharing many, many things. So, and, and us as well. Those journalists. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah, so there'll, there'll be some bonus content as it happens. Mm-hmm. I might even try one of these patron live things. Ugh, we'll see okay. what happens. I, I, I can't plan anything. As I was trying to explain to Andrew, that there are just so many dimensions involved in the day. Uh, one of which is time, which tends to pass much more quickly than you expect. 
So uh, my apologies if if I say things now and then it doesn't happen. Just keep an eye out and we will throw up what we can throw Mm -hmm. up. Hopefully not literally. Yes. Anyhow, anything else we need to say? I'm not on the show next week. Oh, that's true. you have a special guest. I have a special guest co-host. We're not mentioning who. It's a surprise for everyone. Uh, Well, hopefully not for him because he he does know and has agreed. Well, we know he's Hmm. agreed, so that's okay. It's a surprise for me. I don't know who's going to be joining. Uh, but yes, between now and next week, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts of the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, remember our Audible offer, available at motoringpodcast.com slash support. Uh, did I say Audible? There is an Audible offer. I meant to say Patron like I change every other time, but I've never changed in the text. Available at motoringpodcast.com slash support. Please Please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you will find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you and ask, uh, I don't know, perhaps why haven't you changed the text <laughs> in the What, you mean in the last segment? two and a half years? Yes. Because it's always <laughs> been like this. Okay, well, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and then abuse you for saying, but it's always been like this? <laughs> Which is one of my least favourite reasons for doing anything. On Twitter, it normally works best. I'm at AJP Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. I will be back next week along with a special bonus guest host. Uh, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.